meet Tony Scamparza, a hitman who is having a bad day. Despite the warnings of his boss, he takes the one job he should have avoided at all costs. Because of his insatiable ego, he's killed in the line of duty. However, death is now the least of his problems, as he's immediately recruited by demons from hell. Demons who come to offer him a job. A job of corrupting souls, because heaven and hell are locked in a timeless battle. A battle to recruit as many souls as they can, before all portals to the afterlife close and the world as we know it ends. Set in the world of Immortal Era, Corruptor is a prequel that shows the world before the curse of immortality. Join us for the 28-page debut issue where all hell is sure to break loose. Starting with episode 1011, the, the Twitch era of the Just Joshing podcast is officially over. We are now in the midst of a transformation to a travel show. The Twitch travel era. 1011 is my first travel show. Barb Sim is my guest. There's going to be a variety of these things. Now, if you want to see all the travel episodes well before they ever come out as officially part of canon on the show, check out patreon.com slash justjoshingdiecast. Five bucks gets you access to all the interviews up there so far. There's a bunch of them up there that are going to be coming real soon. More are going up there right now, including SDCC. So if you are interested in supporting the podcast, the best way to do it, if you got a couple bucks, go to patreon.com slash justjoshingpodcast. Because I've been in deadline hell. I just completed my fourth of six, but I got my two big deadlines are completes now, just a couple small ones. So I get to work easier now, which is nice. Yeah. That is definitely nice. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about what we talked about just off the air, but uh, other than say you are episode 1024. So I mean, welcome to the show. Wow. Yeah. I uh I just released episode 55. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect to be still be doing this at 1024, but here I am. That is pretty impressive. I can't that just you blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Well, you know, I have something about like I have approximately 13, 1400 hours of content on doing this. Yeah, it's oh, it's nuts. Wow. Well, you, I, do the math on it, right? Yeah. Let's say I average an average episode, like taking away my early ones, right? Uh -huh. My early ones were probably closer to I I, I was expanding into it, but probably some from about say 450 on, my oh. average episode is an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. An average episode. So um, now some are less, there are some that are less, but some are significantly more too. So it adds up to like a strangely sick number of hours, right? Uh -huh. yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so you do this long enough. You do, you go through all these iterations of the show, all mm -hmm. of them. And you're like, okay, how can we like make it better? So like, there's a, there's a barrier point. And it's like, I gave him, I think, episode 440 from, uh, the, I can't call into detail about this yet. Shit. So, but long story short, I put out so much content since I went to the Twitch era. Like, I, I it was, it was, it was disgusting that, and I know I say it's a good way to look through everything from episode 450 on. You can literally just see the, like, there was a point where the, this, that's when the show really hit a certain professional peak. Nice. Yeah, and the quality of the show, by and large, has been the same since Fantastic. for like the vast majority of it. So that's yeah. a good thing. That's a good thing and a bad thing. Like it's a good thing because yes, I can be consistent. It's a bad thing though because now I'm trying to change up the show. So now I'm trying to do an outdoor show. So some of the episode, episode like now that I'm finally 
the deadline stuff is just like, oh my God, done. <laughs> so right? is this a coaching program or what? Because I'm in a podcast coaching program and I'm just like, ooh, that's fun. No, no, no I, 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 uh, I, uh, huh. No, I've just been doing this thing. This is just me been doing my thing. I, I accidentally started this podcast. Me too. Yeah. I accidentally started my podcast too. So how did you accidentally start yours? A little talk. So um, how did I accidentally start my podcast? All right. Well, what happened a little, a little before, what led to me accidentally starting it is um, I had kids mm-hmm. and I slowly and subconsciously lost my identity beyond being a mom and my anger and my anxiety got really bad and then I became this person who was like yelling all the time and I couldn't figure out what the hell was happening and got really depressed etc etc um and then I took this amazing one week coaching program that was called find your spark and I was like yes I need to find my spark and at the end of that week long program at the it, it revealed that I'm still a writer and I thought that I had given up that dream prior to having children like oh I let that go that was a pipe dream uh but that that program I then wound up joining her coaching program and it was just about rediscovering me and so I created my Facebook group parents who write and then they were all talking about just you know how to reach out to people and doing weekly lives and going live weekly by myself became overwhelming quickly to just stand there and be like hi I'm talking to you again about stuff. Like, um, it's hard to do. Like, legitimately, yeah. it, it's hard to do because, like, I'm doing an interview show, right? And the reason I'm doing an interview show is it's easy to bounce stuff off people. Now, we can talk about similar things for sure, uh-huh. but it's much easier to bounce off somebody by yourself. Okay, you. It takes an undegree. It, it takes an unbelievable amount of knowledge and passion to do it. We even just weekend and week out. Uh-huh. Now, could you imagine doing it? Like I used, I, I used to do this five days a week, like <gasps> this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Again, you blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was just going weekly by myself, That's trying to get stuff to talk about, and I was like, "This is too hard." So I reached out to other parents in writing groups, and I was like, "Come join me live, and let's just talk about writing," and parenting but mostly writing um and and that's how parents who write was born but i was like i don't think people are gonna sit and watch an hour-long facebook live video and and then i went oh that's that's what podcasting is i should turn that into a podcast that's right thus parents who write the podcast was born okay so it's 2016 and i finally get myself one of these oh I was one of the last people to get a cell phone. Not the last person, but I'm one of the last people. And I'm okay with this. I'm deliberately uncool. But uh, I ended up having this stuff like, okay, fine. I've been interviewing people for 20 years for different things or here, there, everywhere, right? So I can do a good interview with just about anybody. I'm pretty confident in that, right? And I mean, I'm learning some new skills now because I'm taking this show back on the road. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Anyway. I, I happened to meet an, a gentleman by the name of uh, Robert Sawyer. Uh, Robert Sawyer is an author. And I got this like um, opportunity to interview him. Uh, and we did the interview and I have phone and recording it on, on a phone. And he's like, and he, we come out. Uh, this was in a conference room. It's like, oh, I'm, and he goes and he says, 
I interviewed, I just got interviewed by Josh for his podcast. I did not have a podcast at the time. I was doing this because I was just, this would be easier to transcribe an interview because I actually legitimately don't have to memorize anything anymore. That was the big thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought if something just clicked, like, could I do a podcast? And the answer overwhelmingly is yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, I started off weekly, like, like you did. I ended up going to two a week eventually because I, again, I've never struggled getting interviews ever. Mm. Even now, like, here's the thing. I've been pushing back from getting doing as many interviews on Twitch because mm -hmm. I want to get to the next phase of my journey, which is why I want to take the show on the road. That's really cool. Yeah. But you know what? Everybody keeps, now I put a contact form on my website, figuring mm -hmm. uh, all my services are up there. Someone will come. No, the number one thing I get contacted, hey, can I come on your podcast? Like, it's an overwhelming, like, thing. I'm like, huh. This is awkward. So, uh, right, right. So, I've never had an issue getting interviews. Yeah. Right, right. So, and I've interviewed all kinds of people. Like I said, if you look at the list of people I've interviewed, it's 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 all over the map, right? Mm -hmm. And a really cool list of people too. So, I did all this to say that, like, you know, like, like, so it went to two week. And the pandemic happened and went to three a week. Now, the third episode was uh, the third episode was a reading episode. Oh. I actually did. Uh, I started reading my at that point novel I had written, mm. kind of like in in in. I figured, so I'm a big C.S. Lewis guy. And, oh yeah, uh, I'm a big C.S. Lewis guy, and C.S. Lewis did what would become your Christianity during the heart of darkness. Like not, it wasn't done when it was all lovey dovey. No, he was talking about this stuff when London was legitimately being bombed. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, like he would go on the BBC. Now, if you sit there and think about that. It's the most absurd thing ever. Like, why does this matter when you're just eating bombs? But that's one side of the equation. The other side is this. No matter what, life goes on. Yeah. And the fact that he was actually going out there, like, talking about reading about the things that would ultimately become your Christianity on the air at the heart of the worst moment, in, one of the worst moments in England's history, at least in the modern history for sure. Yeah. And, and... That is a very powerful thing to say. So that's what I started doing. I st I did it like literally the first day when we I knew we were all going to be shut in, locked down, and 2020 was going to be a shit show of a year. Uh, I started it then. And it was great because unlike most people, I never panicked during the pandemic at mm. all. I didn't have that. I didn't have a lot of things a lot of people like got, got guilt tripped and hit with with this never touched me because I was always doing my own thing and creating. I never stopped anything. I did more. Mm -hmm. So then I, then I decided to become a freelancer and I spent six months trying to figure out what the fuck am I going to do as a freelancer? <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to my, yes, I'm a freelancer. I mean, I'm a freelance editor, but yes. Then it occurred to me that the podcast was the way to go. And so I, I went to Twitch because Twitch is a fun pro is a fun place to be. And that's when I went from three to four or five a week until like my episode 900. And I did that in like three years. And then from 900 to a thousand, I cut it back a little bit because I was planning on going on the road. Mm -hmm. Didn't quite work out the way I wanted to. That said, I think it's going to work out based on what I, I I'm not going to, I can't go into detail about that right now. But I think it's going to work out where I'm going to be on the road by spring next year. Wow. And I think it's going to fully work out. I, I, it just, 
I think the stars are aligning that way. Now I still got to do a lot of work between now and spring, but mm-hmm. it's work I can do. And then after that, um, you know, um, I'm going to be literally doing the show on the road in strange places, doing cool things. Mm-hmm. That's the idea because I, we have this tendency. I don't know where, where, whereabouts in Canada are you? If you don't mind my asking. I'm not, I'm in Maryland. You're in Maryland. Okay. So you're in Maryland, United States. So Canadians, since I've been back in Calgary, I have found this phenomenon of people being reluctant to engage here. And I know it's a very Calgary phenomenon because when I was in San Diego for the Comic-Con, which was really cool. Oh God, I've always wanted to go to the Comic-Con. I was a professional at the con. Oh, oh, I've always wanted. I grew up with like X-Men and like, that's my... That's your jam. That is you my jam. Loved, this it's year, you would have loved it. So you would have loved this year, especially because there was no Hollywood there. It was insane. Like really good insane, right? So many great things. Like mm-hmm. I recommend this to anybody that's in the creative field. You need to do San Diego once, even if just as a fan, you need to do it. I, I've been to San Diego when I no, was no, in I mean, I mean, I, I but mean, I dislocated I mean, my knee. Ah. <laughs> that I climbed a tree at the San Diego Seaport Village and uh, dislocated my knee. Ah, lovely. That's lovely. yeah, random fun stuff to throw out there. <laughs> I, I tried surfing when I was in San Diego last time. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it is the right is the right is legitimately perfect weather for everything there. It mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Even uh, walking out onto the beach with crutches, so I could at least touch the ocean. Yeah, yeah you could. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's, it's, it's like I said, it's not like the perfect it's not quite perfect but it's good in every category that's the lovely thing about san diego yeah the con but the thing is i could talk to people at the con you got to see people like you can hang out and just chat with people randomly here where i'm currently at one of the things i that i've kind of come to terms with now i've had an insane busy two weeks but my two weeks is 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 like tomorrow i mean i'm still working tomorrow mm. freelance wise but it's not the insane schedule I've had for the last week and a bit. So I can actually, you know, enjoy myself a little bit, right? A little bit. So um, I say it like that. So, right. But finding people here to interact with and enjoy has been a process. And it mm-hmm. occurred to me like somewhere like about six months into being here that this is not where I'm meant to be forever. So now it's about getting out and out there. And also it's about learning the skills required as a freelancer so that I can be mobile and on the road at all times and not worry about making money. Right. Right. And that's a, that's, that is, do you get the concept making money at will? I mean, I would think that it is what it sounds like. (laughs) Kind of. But okay, so you get to a certain point. I, I, I don't know where you're. Like, I don't know. We can talk. We'll talk about where you're at currently in your freelance career in just a second. Sure. But one of the, one of the things that I learned is there's 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 a whole process to freelancing, and it really, I I broke I broke it down to five steps. Mm-hmm. The first step is to have a vision. Mm-hmm. Okay, vision of what you want. The second step is to learn about said vision. How do I make that possible? Right. That can be going to school. It's not always necessarily the right thing you have to do. But I mean, school's an option there. There's other options as well. Explore, discipline, do the work day in, day out. It might be the hardest. It's the simplest, hardest thing you got to do is you got to show up for yourself and do it. Right. Yep. Right. 
and then and then and then four four then when they get all this this stuff going right mm-hmm. learn you got to believe in yourself yes and this is super is the most important part of the freelance my journey is it is these three things at some point have to, you have to click that you got to believe you can do this which mm-hmm. is three four was well, actually the fourth thing and then the fifth thing is if you can do all of that if you have all those tools now you can honestly say i can go and i can sell myself anywhere anytime and get a sale yeah i like that right it takes those five things but mm-hmm. you've got to build right vision and and possibly the sixth is pivoting you got to learn when to roll with the punches yeah right? it's going to be up and down it's an up and down roller coaster but ultimately if you have the discipline if you have the belief in yourself to do the things you're supposed to do every single day mm-hmm. inevitably you win right mm-hmm. and and my Canadian listeners will be like, that's not as, as exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but it's a process of finding it. Americans are more t- in tune to listening to this, mm-hmm. right? Going, yeah, I can do this. And now the question is, do you have the discipline to pull it off? That's, that's, that's the real question there. I think, mm-hmm. but right. I think for Canadians, it's about belief. And for Americans, it's about the discipline to actually follow through. I could be, um, that's my theory. I could be on something, but I it could be onto something. I'll let you. I don't think I can speak on behalf of my entire country because there's just way too many people. Uh, For me personally, uh, I definitely have the discipline because I'm a Virgo through and through, which means we're anal retentive. And I also have my ADHD, which is great for hyper-focus when I want to hyper-focus on my work. Oh, sure. So fun times all around. Um, But yeah, out of everything that you said... I would say the only one, number five, that I'm still working on is selling myself. Okay. So, so. What's but all the, the other ones I've got. So what's the struggle? You're awesome. So what, what what's the, what's the hard part? Uh, more just. It's something that I've been working on and I've gotten better at and realizing that I can come up to you and I can talk to you about editing and. Um, I've been talking a lot about like easy ways to strengthen your sentences. And it's really fun when I see people get excited about that and I'm in my element. So I have that confidence, right? Like I know what I'm doing and I'm glad that I can see that I'm helping people. But then to all of a sudden be like, oh, and by the way, I'm a freelance editor. I don't know. There's just that moment of, oh, I feel smarmy. And I know that it's not because we all have to earn a living. Right. And this is what I'm good at. I am, I am a good editor and yet like an anal retentive editor, which makes me a great editor. And yet to say that, like, ah, it's no, no, no. See, see, this is the mistake a lot of people make. I know. No, no, no. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to put a point position that a lot of people don't like, I have no issue. I am awesome. And I have no doubt. I have no problem saying it now. Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. No one wants to hear the a, a pitch, right? But what what everybody wants to hear, like honestly, is that you are passionate about what you're doing and that you're great at it. Because here's the thing: if you don't say you're great at it, no one's going to believe you. Believe you when you offer a sale, no right. one. Because why would they? If you're not going to say it, 
Well, that's the rub, right? That's the real rub about this is mm. you got to learn to look at yourself in a very good light. Like I have a big mouth. Now I can say it in a self-deprecating way, but with that, what I'm actually saying is I'm a great communicator. Yeah. And I can help you and I can help people and I can help people bridge connections and get their message across, whether that's advertising, mm. right? Whether that's me writing something, making a video somewhere, doesn't matter. I am good at all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can help you do that. I just gave you a soft sales pitch right there, right? It's very soft, but it's there, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have the confidence of saying, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. And what I what I learned is like asking for money, what's your, okay. One way of looking at that is you, you're not, you're asking to be rewarded for your good work. Yes, definitely. Which- right? I deserve 100% given the amount of work and attention that I put into people's projects. Yes, I deserve to be paid for that. And I can say that even though I still feel like my cheeks are getting red as I say that. No, okay. Okay. <laughs> let, 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 let's, let's go one step further. Do you love mm-hmm. what you do? Say that one more time. Do you love what you do? I do love what I do. Okay. So think of, so let's try thinking of it like this. Mm-hmm. The money is there for two reasons, mm-hmm. right? Two reasons. Yes, you want to make a living, but it also is there to filter out the people you don't want to work with. That is true. Right? Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Right? People that recognize you for your worth have no problems paying you. That's true. They never do. People that don't, people that don't. They, 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 they will, they will hum the ha ha. I, I. it's funny. Like I gave, I did Kickstarter consult consultation for a, um, I did a Kickstarter consultation for a one client mm-hmm. and we had some good like hours. So I got paid very well for that. Mm-hmm. I have another fr- a friend who's about to go on Kickstarter. I got no problem. He's my friend. I got no problem with it, but we've hit a certain point where I should be charging him for a consultation fee. Mm. Now, will the friend, when I do this, appreciate it or hum and haw? Now, if he hums and haws, I don't give him any more advice. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't think I don't think highly of him, because I it's more of the other way around. If you think so highly of me, you're going to appreciate what I give, what I'm giving you here, which is information. I'm saving you time, mm-hmm. right? That's right. That's the real. That's the real rub. Like I'm saving you time. I'm giving you information that can help you do a really the best you possibly can do on your campaign. Yeah. That's valuable. Right. So I should be asking money for this and not even feel a moment's guilt because I've done the work, the detail, the excellence. And I'm doing here now is I am asking you to appreciate me for it. Not, not, not in a, not in a, Oh, you must pay me every single step of the way. No, way is I'm asking for the, probably the best compliment you can give me for what I do, and that is pay me for it. Mm. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I'm just thinking about a recent free call that I gave. Oh <laughs> wow! <her>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, we've all been there. So how long did it? How long there, like okay, this turned into 45 minutes, and I'm giving you all this valuable information, and I'm like, okay. So, so, so 45 minutes. So I have, mm-hmm. a, I have, a, so here's a hard and fast rule. I, I give, I tell this to friend. as a friend, I'll give you 30 for free. Yeah. 
But after that, once we hit the 30 minute mark, I go, okay, you've hit the point where you now, if I'm going to continue talking to you about this, you must pay me. I like that. It makes sense, right? It's yeah. setting a boundary. Like you don't want to do like, like you never want to be, you never want to be quite that person that does nothing for free. But what you got to realize is you, you, your information is valuable and useful. Yes. So where does that line is? 30 minutes. I like that. Cause I do have, it, it's, it is tricky also where you schedule a 30 minute call and then, and then it goes to 45 minutes. And then I've had them where they go to like an hour and I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's how, but, but, but that's how you do it. You go, okay, we've hit the 30 minutes. Like, and you can do this as a professional, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, we've hit 30 minutes. I enjoy, I'm enjoying this conversation. But if you want to continue me giving you information, you gotta be and you gotta be willing to do this. This is this is the hard part for you. Yeah. You, right? Because you gotta be like, I want to help you so bad. Yeah, you do. But you also like you can't get your time back. I can't. You can't. I can't. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do that. Thank you. That's You're awesome. Welcome. You're welcome. Right. Look at that. I came here and I got business advice. Yeah, <laughs> I hope. And good one and good business advice. Like, like yeah. set your price points, figure out the kind of person you want to work with mm -hmm. and set your price point to match that accordingly. Oh yeah. Does that like, if that makes sense to you, right. If that makes sense to you, that, that, that should like, again, this is just, I've been doing this for about three years. Mm -hmm. So the first year I didn't make anything because of the mindset that I had to do a mindset shift. The second year is when I started like the end of the first year, I started to believe in myself. Mm -hmm. I started to see more money. Yeah. This is year three. Year three, it looks very likely I'm going to make a living wage as a creative this year. Like That's a full so fledged. Funny. Yeah. But it's a, been a process to get there. And the process is it does take time. There's no quick way of doing it, unfortunately, but it's also about the rules of what you will and will not allow yourself to be treated by. And one of the hardest lessons as a creative yes. is understanding that. Yeah, I'm I'm just now entering year two. Yeah. And it's been exciting to see how profitable I've been in the last couple of months. So that's good that my business is on the upswing. Mm -hmm. um, first year, of course, is a big learning year. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really coming together. And I mean, my price as a freelancer is set at three cents a word, which is no joke. And it does filter out the people who uh, aren't willing to pay that. And that's yeah. okay. That's okay. And I get, and not everybody can afford that. And I respect that. And, and, and you're not mad at that one. Like that, no. like you, like there's four reasons. I call it the four reasons to fire somebody. I've mm -hmm. heard them. The first one is the most forgivable, which is just, they're just not ready to work with you or for you at this point in time. Right. That happens. Right. That happens to us all. Like there are, there are levels I'm not ready for. There mm -hmm. are levels you're not ready for, but you know, they're there. And the objective is to get to those levels. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you're going to also have people that are coming underneath, like where, where you're at and you're like, okay, they're not ready for me. And I'm, or I'm mm -hmm. not right. And that, and that's a very, that's a very real thing. And you, okay. and when you look at, potential clients that way mm -hmm. right that's a filter you're you're okay with because that doesn't mean that the thing is they're not ready isn't forever usually usually right, right? at some point that can change and if it does 
right? Just be good with them, right? Just be good and yeah. honest. And it's like, okay, I can't work with you right now. I'm sorry. I, I know you can't, but I got bills to pay and I got this and this and this, and I hope you understand. And they usually do. Like most of those people usually do get it. It's like, I appreciate it. Thank you. There's usually like some kind of handshake there. Yep. And, 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 and then you go off your merry way. So at least for now, a few years later, who knows? It might be like, I'm going to make it rain. You're going to be like, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. That one, at least I don't have any issues with. I was like, this is my right. I know that I am worth it. And if that's just not right for you right now, no hard feelings. I get that. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. and that's the thing. Like you got to understand, like you got to understand what you are and what you aren't. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that, that's something like as a, as a client, what you're trying to do is you're trying to protect yourself like 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 you don't want to give champagne service on a beer budget. Right? Oh, my grandfather used to say that. It's right. He, he it's would say great. champagne taste and beer pocket change. Yep, that 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 works, but it's the same thing, right? It's the same idea. The biggest it's it's the hardest trick in the book. Yeah. Right? It's the hardest trick in the book is you figuring out your worth is as an artist, period, is one of the hardest things to do. Yes. Yes. But I'm glad. I mean, I'm there. It's just a matter of putting myself out more and that's okay. It'll happen more with time. And I have three hats that I'm wearing right now. Three. Just three? <laughs> the, yeah. Well, there's more, but my three primary ones, okay. Aside from parenting, my three primary ones are being a podcaster. I'm going to get my thumb in the screen here. Being a podcaster, being an author, and also a freelance editor. And okay. so- Fun times. It's all creative, which I love, but balancing those three and I don't want them to suffer. So my primary focus is on the editing and authordom. Um, and then I still love my podcast, but I'm running out of hours. <laughs> You're running out of hours? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so what do you mean by that? My husband's just like, um, it's like 10 o'clock at night. Do you think you can, do you think you can shut the computer down for a little bit? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I just want you to relax. And I'm like, well, I'm working on my own novel right now. That's fun for me. <laughs> that's not work. That's the fun so part. It, <laughs> yeah. It's figuring out the relaxing balance too. That's, that's hard. Like I've been going, like I worked nonstop at like, my, I have a side gig. It's not my, my main paying job is my freelancing, but I still have a side gig at, at a hockey arena for an NHL team. I don't know if you care about hockey or not, but that's if you don't, cool. yeah, yeah. That's my side gig. And so last week I worked six to seven days there because it wasn't just that there was other like concerts and other events going on too. Mm-hmm. And it was a busy week. So I was busy doing my thing and mm-hmm. it was very much a, a, uh, how do I put this? It was very much a balancing act of going from one job to the next job, to the next job, to the next job. Yeah. Like, and I've been off it for a couple of days, but for the last two days, I've been just doing deadline after deadline after deadline because I got a bunch. I still got another. I had six to eight major deadlines, four are done, mm-hmm. four are done, and uh, and that that's I'm, I'm good with four. Like the four of six is really good. I'm trying to get everything done by tomorrow so I can get all my so I can get paid. Yeah, so like, I, I like good. I like I like getting paid. It's, it's me too. It's, it's, it's an important thing. So yeah. that's the next step for me. But it, it's been a process the whole way through, and uh, mm-hmm. it right. And like I said, after that, I'm gonna I'm going to make myself take a bit of a breather on the weekend because that like 
I might be able to give myself a breather Friday. I'm not sure yet. Like mm-hmm. Friday is a maybe, but the weekend I'm taking off because I need to take a weekend off. Yes. I actually relaxed all Sunday and that was nice. I watched, I rewatched, I watched rerun episodes of Charmed, the original series. Okay. And uh, so that's my go-to happy place. <laughs> The charms are go to happy place. Yes, I love my charmed ones. <laughs> For me, I, I I play video games. Like video games is my is my kind of like like my reprieve right now. Um, I'm playing a video game right now that I'm thoroughly enjoying because it's it's almost like a remake of a game I liked before, but with a lot more content. Okay, so a lot. It's a different story than what I than what I did last time, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I I um. How did I put this? It was a very, it's a very fun way to relax. Mm. I haven't had a chance to do it in two weeks. Yeah. Like, it, right. It, Cause it's just the way it goes. Sometimes when it rains, it rains. Um, I'm going to be hustling tomorrow for more work. I'm supposed to be getting another job in my lap Wednesday. We'll mm-hmm. see if that happens, but I, it, like it doesn't stop. And that's the whole point. So my October has been insane. Because I did a weekend writing workshop for my reader magnet, which was 9,000 words in a weekend. Cool. Uh-huh. And then after that, I was getting ready for the Write Women Book Festival, where okay. I was there as a podcaster. And so I was walking the entire festival, interviewing other authors and stuff like that, which was exhausting, Fun. but amazing. It, and then it, I also taught some... Yeah. And then I also taught some workshops. So I had to also prep for that. And then I spent the following week at my kid's school all week long because I volunteered for the Scholastic Book Fair because hello, uh-huh. surrounded by books and kids. Okay. Sign me up. Um, oh my God. How expensive it was. <laughs> Whoa, the number of books I came home with. And my husband was like, can you not volunteer next year? And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm co-chair next year. I will be running this Scholastic Book Fair. Okay, so 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 what, what you need to do is you need to make a deal with your husband. This is the deal. <laughs> no, you need to make a deal with him. This is the deal. Okay, listen. You're gonna give me 60 bucks and I'm gonna what I'm gonna burn. No, no, you 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 gotta control yourself. Now if you do really well, l- listen. If this is not a motivation for your business, is I don't know what will. So here's the deal: if you're kicking uh-huh. ass editing next year, you yes. go nuts, go nuts, right? I did. But if right, you go nuts. But if not, you go. Okay, listen, I am not. It's like me on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I'm not an adult, and I know I'm not an adult, so I don't go on Kickstarter because I don't. I don't have the self control required to be good. Oh, right now, yeah. now, now I can. I can somewhat mitigate books somewhat right I, i'm a big comic comics are my weakness mm. just general rule of thumb i'm a big comic guy too i'm a dc guy more than a marvel guy that, that's okay that, you yeah. know one of my friends uh is a colorist for dc comics nice Who? yeah tom chu he's done a lot of silver surfer he was marvel then he went to dc i don't know where he is right now i should reach out to him be like which one are you working on now but i remember him showing me that he was doing a lot of silver surfer and he sent me pictures over the years which are amazing but anyway that's cool no that's really cool colors colors are actually big type are a lot bigger in comics than they used to be Mm -hmm. discussion for another day but but I mean, but the thing is, I realize like oh, I have a self-control limit. I can only spend so much money at this. Cause yeah. right? Because I want to invest in myself. See, get to the point 
where your money is just rolling in. Yes. And you're looking for stupid things to spend your money on. That would be Get that. To that, that right? No, but that's that, that's where you want to be. Look, right. Look, look, right, right. Look at look at the obnoxiously rich people, right? It's not that they don't have a lot of a lot of money, right? Not that they're not even saving their money. They just have a lot of it. Like I mean a lot. So you know what that, that's gonna give you? That gives you that freedom to go look at this obnoxiously stupid thing that you probably are gonna regret later and go, I can have this and I want it. And I have that, that ability to go grab it. That is very like normal, right? Now, now, now here's the thing. Stupid can range. Like that's the same. The range, right? Stupid can range. So be careful about this. Yeah. Right. Right. But assuming stupid can range, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say, for example, we'll, we'll we'll say what I think is probably closer to what you spent on Scholastic Books, which is somewhere in the one hundred, two hundred dollar range. Right. So right. to be fair, some of it was donations to the classroom. So I have two teachers, so I got them three books each. And then, and then I have two children, so I got them books. And then, and then, and then they preview. And after they previewed, I just bought the stuff. But then, when they actually came back to buy, they got some. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, around the yeah, definitely between the one to two hundred range. We'll, we'll say between one. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like disparage it, boy. Right? I mean, That's there fine. are far worse. Hey, listen. There are a lot more people. That, they, I know people that spend that much money on booze or other things. Like in comparison. In comparison, you know, books are a much safer purchase by and large. Okay, right. now, now, that all said, uh-huh. I'm gonna that that all said, the, the the teacher thing and the kid thing have a certain air of convenience to them. We're not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like. I'm not trying. I'm not confirming or denying. That just it's just how it rings true in my head. But that's okay. I'm not here to. I'm not uh-huh. gonna judge. <laughs> right, right. Oh, wait, here I've got, this is, so I got myself a pen because it's nice. elastic book, for, and it's a fidget pen. I actually had a unicorn fart rainbows pen. <laughs> I actually had one of those for a while. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, my sister actually bought it for me as a joke, and I actually enjoyed it. She's like, oh my God, I didn't think you'd enjoy these. So she she buys me them every so often just because. So, but but the thing is, I, uh-huh. I, I, I embraced it. I actually had a one of my main characters in one of my novels mm. is a unicorn who farted at advertisements. Mm. In form. Right. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, I, I just want to, I, I stopped myself because I could add more to the joke, but she might do a spit take in her own stuff. <laughs> I, know, I was drinking water right there and it's like, oh yeah, my it's God. Like, <laughs> it's like, wait, am I going to make her spit take? Because all of a sudden she just disappears. Like, and I'm like, so I think I screwed. I think I, 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 I made her disappear, folks. First time ever on the show. But all of which to say, all of which to say, though, um, mm-hmm. there is, there are, there's, there are points. And this is, again, this is a hard reality. And we all struggle with this. I'm, I'm certain. Listen, my, my bad habits of choice are comics, books, and magic cards. None of that oh. stuff's cheap. I want to know about magic cards. Like Magic the Gathering? Oh, okay. I've heard of it. I just haven't. I have not. It's a collectible. It's a collectible card game. Now, yes, I got into Pokemon just now to with bond with my son, and oh my god, the addiction! Oh, no, them all. Gotta buy them all. But it, 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 listen, if you if it, if you if you want a touch of investment advice, a touch of investment advice. Uh huh. Right. 
Uh-huh. If you get if you have the budget for it, uh-huh. buy every time a new Pokemon set comes out, yeah. buy a box and just don't touch it. <gasps> oh, that's that's too hard. Oh, no, no, because because those boxes go from like a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars within a few years. Seriously? The hundred dollar ones? Oh, my husband was just saying, I really want to get one of those and then we could split it three ways. <laughs> no, have one for fun. Like, if you're going to do this, obviously buy one for fun because we, yeah. we all listen. If you don't buy, this is what I've learned. So uh-huh. there, there's this episode of The Simpsons where Homer starting to eat the letters of the cake and they gave, and gave her a cake to ruin the ruin on uh-huh. purpose. That was the cake he ruined. And the thing was, see, it's, it's a smart thing. You're not going to fight human nature. If I see something, I'm going to play it. We'll play with it, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So, but if you decide, I give you up something to play. And we keep this somewhere where no, like, and we just don't touch it for a few years. And then we come back and then we go on eBay and watch people pay you stupid piles of money for it. That is tempting. I'm going to have to tell him about that. He's probably going to, yeah. I'm dying of heat stroke. Don't mind me. While I'm putting my hair back and taking my sweater off. I'm kind of jealous because I'm in Alberta. It, it's, it's actually cold here or cool here, I should say. The temperature is finally dropping. We had a really odd, hot week in October yes. here. I don't know what that was about. Um, but... Well, I'm in my shared office slash library. And so my husband has, I kid you not, five computer screens over on that other side of the room. And then I've got three monitors over here, plus my ring light. And I'm like, okay, this room just gets really hot. (laughs) Yeah, it would. It would get really, really hot, actually, which Uh is crazy, you know, crazy. But um, no, it's like here, it's like cold. Like, Mm -hmm. not. it's, it's in cool, like. Minus one degree Celsius, 32, 31, 31 is where we're at in your part of the world. So it'd be 31, 30 degrees. Now we get to minus 40 here. Yeah. I can't fathom that. Don't want to. Yeah. Right. But that's, so I was planning to go on the road before the winter hit because I didn't want to spend another winter here, but yeah, here I am. Ha, 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 ha. Gotcha. It looks like spring I'm free. It looks like it. Well, fingers crossed on that. Does Canada do Halloween trick-or-treating? Yes, Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So we're Pokemon tomorrow. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so what, what, what Pokemon are you? So I'm Squirtle. My okay. husband is Charmander. My okay. five-year-old is Pikachu. And then my eight-year-old is Ash. So he's very excited. He thinks that that means that he can tell me and my husband whatever, like tell us what to do and order us about as his Pokemon. You know, you could have some fun with that. You could have some fun with that. That's that's funny. Because Ash, Ash, I, I, see, to really make this work, and this is how old I am, I remember this way back in the day, mm-hmm. your husband should be Charizard. Oh, uh, we could. So it was, <laughs> we got like the um, kits. So it's just the tail that attaches around his belt. And then he has a little onesie hat that he pulls on to be Charmander. And then a shirt with Charmander's face on it. So he's double Charmander face. And then oh, I have good. the same thing as Squirtle. So we yeah, looked into yeah. Charizard and that was that was like three times the cost of No, no, no. I, I get it. I, I understand. But look, but let me let me let me but let me explain. See, because uh-huh. he because here's the real joke. See, uh-huh. Ash couldn't tame Charizard for the longest time. So if he was Charizard, you guys at that point could just like every time he tried to order you around, you could just like maul him, right? <laughs> not that I recommend. Not that I recommend mauling your own kids, folks. I mean, yeah, but I but mean, I mean, if you're gonna have fun with it, right? Because 
he can't even be mad at you because here's what you can say. Well, Charizard wasn't tamed by Ash, right? He's playing along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so that, I mean, that's the thing, right? You can actually pick on your kid that way, but he's just Charmander. So he does, I mean, it's, I mean, you can pull it off. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the other out, out. And again, this, this is my inner nerd coming out to play here. So you, you can have your, your, your husband evolve during the trick or treating. Right. <laughs> right. I've evolved. I'm, I'm, now, I'm now Charizard. I don't listen to you now. <laughs> yeah. And then just watch your kids get crushed, right? I, 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 you know, if your kid ever listens to the show and I, any of this stuff comes up later, I'm going to be like, he's going to look at me. He's like, it's your fault. I'm like, yeah. You traumatized me during my eighth Halloween. That's right. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm okay with this. I, I'm okay with this. Uh, I'm sorry, kid. I, you, you probably pulled pull the, I mean, so what's he using for like the Pokeballs, if you don't mind my asking? He has the belt. He got that as a Christmas present where it's a belt with Pokeballs that sit on the belt. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's got the actual, I mean, they're mostly broken at this point because having an eight-year-old throwing Pokeballs at walls, they don't hold up very well. Uh, so, you know, they kind of, they kind of like, <laughs> rather than closing the way they should, they're all. So when I first saw the Pokeballs way back in the day, I thought they were like giant rubber balls. And I'm like, um, why would a Pokemon cooperate with getting hit with a rubber ball to the nose? <laughs> <laughs> like like seriously that, you look at where he hits them uh-huh. it's like he hits them in the head or face i'm like you know if i got hit with a pokeball i'd be pissed yes I, I, <laughs> you know. I have gotten hit with a pokeball and they hurt okay so <laughs> pokeball to the face like that's seriously wow <laughs> did he actually Hi, hit you it wasn't intentional. It just says really bad aim. And I wasn't paying attention. I was like, ah, oh, okay, thank you. Time to put the Pokeballs away. And they say par- parenting is the ultimate adventure, folks. It's true. It really, really is. If you're, not, if you're not paying attention, you get hit the Pokeball in the face. You know, speaking of geek, dumb, and funness with kids, right? I've been trying to get my kids into X-Men. And so we watched some of the 90s cartoon which oh, I would totally right. hum the song, but then I realized that it's copyrighted and I can't hum the song, so I won't. But we all okay. know it. You can hum all... it for like two seconds and that's it, right? So it's like da 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 and that's it. That's all we can do. All we yeah, can that's really it. Do. <laughs> that's yep. it. That's all we can really do. And then, then Twitch will just beat us. Right. 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 Or me. Actually, it'll beat me. It won't beat you. You're you're you're, you're scot free. Right. Uh-oh. So I hum sometimes during my podcast. Yes. Um, and I would do the Wheel of Fortune song because okay. I was thinking and trying to find stuff. And then I would I would get yelled at, like, that is copyrighted music. You can't do that. I'm like, I was just thinking. I'm sorry. There, no, no, no. So, so you got, you, you got, there are, you can do it for a few seconds. Like there's, there's a, there's an allotted time where you're allowed to, I think it's like somewhere between five and 10 seconds. Wow. And it also depends upon who owns the song. Mm, right. That's true. It, how they own the song like don't fuck with disney i'm just telling you (laughs) just don't fuck with disney nobody wants to and there's a reason for that um that that they're 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 very uber anal about protecting their ip and as a businessman i understand it to a point i get it yeah i get it to a point the way the the extremes they go to make my brain hurt just a Mm. little bit but Mm -hmm. i i can't 
fault their thinking. That's the thing. I can't can't fault their 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 protecting their IP. I can't fault that. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I mean, to the degrees they protect it, some of it makes me go, you know, this is borderline, especially with their employees. It's like it's borderline site, like you know. <sighs> I don't like. I I think they're not the ones that should be threatened with jail with the way you're treating them. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, what I will say is, what I will say is, like you can. Sound is easier to pull off. You can do that to a point. Mm-hmm. Visuals can't at mm-hmm. all. Visuals. This is why what sometimes when you watch someone watching a live event, they will never show the event. Mm. Right. They might. You might hear a clip little bit that's rare too like if it's live it's really rare but i mean after the fact after the fact you might hear a clip here and there mm-hmm. because there is a certain allotment for education or for um just also the fact that okay for example the jaws theme right i mean it's really easy to pull off now i'm not going all the way in because if i did that i'd be shut down uh-huh. but Right, but the thing is, that little bit is fine, right? It's just it, it's an example, especially yeah. in this particular case. It's just me giving it a really easy example, mm. and also I can't sing worth a damn. So I could actually argue I'm just like terrible. It's like <laughs> I could try, and it would be absolutely nuts, right? But what I would what I would say what I would say to like you is, you can hum to give yourself a timer in your head, mm. right? Not that oh shit I'm humming, right? Like you get to that point, you stop. Just just like oh shit I'm humming because I don't know how long I've been doing it for. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just yep. I'm just like I'm not gonna hum. I'm not gonna hum. I'm recording my podcast. I'm not going to hum. That's <laughs> all right. It's, yeah, but I mean the best thing about, about podcasts is you can be yourself. Like, yeah, you totally be yourself. Yes, I do love that. And do you interview people? Or are you still just, t- are you, are you, or is it just more like this, like a back and forth conversation? Um, you know, so originally I had about 25 questions that I would just keep on the side in case I needed them to just get the conversation going. Uh, and that worked really well, but I also got tired of sometimes asking the same question too many times. So um, then I started getting guests where it I improved my form to fill out to come on my show and when people would submit to parents who write um I have a spot in there now where it's like what is your what is your speciality what is your forte what is something that made a really big difference in your writing career and so it's like okay cool now I've got an idea of something to kind of focus the conversation so it's it's a combination. Like I do have interview questions, but I also enjoy for it to go naturally the way it wants to go. How long how long's your show? Um so I record on Riverside. I used to go live and that was too hard to coordinate interviews. So I don't go live with guest episodes anymore. Um but those conversations are at least an hour. They pretty much average an hour. And then I cut them down when I upload them onto the feed and everything. When they when I when I publish my episodes, I trim them down and I try to get them to like a half hour, 45 minutes if possible. Okay. So you're going after a very specific. So mm-hmm. 
this has been my rule of thumb when I do interviews. Mm-hmm. If it's a half hour or less question, the answers are fine. Yes. They're fine. Right. Um, you don't have the time to do a full-fledged conversation. You're trying to get information out there. It's 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 totally fun. Yeah. 30 to 45 minutes is like a kind of like a magic spot because you that's what I've heard. Right, right. Because see, questions are artificial sounding when we talk. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like a conversation. They don't feel real. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have time, if you don't have time, you can get away with it. But mm-hmm. if you do have time, at some point, the audience goes, I'm not going to listen to 45 minutes of questions and answers. Mm. There's not. Right. Interesting. Well, because again, there's, there's a point where it just doesn't sound natural anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes, like in a perfect world, honestly, 15 minutes. The only other time a question works is if it's multiple guests, because then you just need something to organize the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. That's when you can get like, then the host doesn't say anything really. Other than yeah. Let's direct the conversation when we need to direct the conversation. But besides that, the host just shuts up and lets everybody else talk because that's what people are here to see. And, and, you know, that's just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, so, but unless you have that kind of format, it's better. It's better. If you go, if you're going an hour, mm-hmm. like it's better to do what I'm doing with you right now. Mm-hmm. Just bullshitting and having a good conversation. Right. Like if we had a revolt of Charizard, how, how you, how, how your husband can revolt on his own son <laughs> in, a, in his kind of Halloween. Right. Right. I right. love it. Yeah. Classic. So I'm, like this was not a planned conversation beforehand, right. right? So I say that because that's the bad, that's the cool thing about this format is it goes in unexpected places and it feels real or realer, right? Now we're obviously not in person. I'm mm-hmm. not making eye contact with you. I mean, I'm t- I tell you pretty much the same dirty jokes, terrible jokes. I mean, I, that is who I am, but mm-hmm. but I'm doing it in a way that's very. I'm, I'm doing it in a way that's very natural. It doesn't, if you're listening, if you listen to this conversation when it's over, it will feel very organic. Now, the other thing I do is I don't really edit my conversations very much. And I will mm. do it occasionally, but I won't do a lot of it because I'm more of a believer in uh, ca- a little bit of chaos feels realized in perfection. Yes. I, as a Virgo, I tend to be a perfectionist and I've been learning to let go of that because it's way too stressful and time consuming. Well, it doesn't, you can't be perfect. Like Exactly. Honestly, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's time consuming. If you're constantly striving for the impossible, like that's, that's maximum. You have time. an ideal to shoot for. I'm not going to yeah. say that, but there comes a point where you got to look at this and go, okay, what the fuck am I doing here? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And by the way, as you can tell, you can swear on this podcast if you are so inclined to do so. That's very impressive. Um, you know, I never, I never quite know. It's like I always talk about how to finish the shitty first draft. And I was like, I don't know if I can say shitty, but like oh, no, 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 the shitty you, first you draft. Got, so here's the thing. You okay, so you gotta make a decision. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is your conversation for kids? No. Your show is not really, I mean, it's about kids, kind of. It's not a little bit. Let's be honest. A little bit. Yeah, right. But it's not really about. It's not something that a kid is going to. This is from the parents' perspective of kids more than from the kids' perspective themselves. Mm -hmm. Although, I you want a a freebie, you know what? 
you should interview at some point you should interview your son not because i want to know what happened on halloween but you should interview your son for the show and ask him what it's like to have a parent that's all that's a mommy that writes on podcasts as well as and how does he deal with it right mm-hmm. and, right because at eight years old i mean you're still a big part of his life but mm-hmm. i mean you're now kind of cutting into his time right so it's like it's like okay mom we got issues or mom this is awesome that you're doing this right it'd be kind of cool right as a one-time only deal but by and large you're an adult show so you got to decide okay what kind of adult show do i want to be now you can be very clean there's nothing wrong with a clean and depending on the books you write like let's say you're a ya author yeah. what what uh, no but, but let's say but let's say you were let's say you were a ya author between under the ages of, of 12 Mm-hmm. maybe you could do a clean podcast. Maybe you right. keep it clean, right? Because that's your audience. You're not going to try to like do anything that way. But barring those like very unique circumstances, mm-hmm. you're not going to give a fuck. Why should you? <laughs> no. Right? And, and that's the beautiful thing about this kind of format is unless someone's paying you stupid piles of money to no. can't talk like this, <laughs> right? right? Again, if they give you stupid piles of money, I mean, you're like, who am I? Yeah, right? Makes sense, right? I'm going to give you this pile of money. You can't swear on the show. Okay. You talked me into it. I will go count my money and feel sad about this sometimes. Right. Sometimes. But by and large, people talk like the talk. So you can make that decision for yourself. Or you can decide, you know what? I just want I like the idea. Again, a clean show does have its advantages too. I'm not going to say it doesn't. But it's about what you want to accomplish in your show. Yeah. My show is about helping parents pursue their writing dreams. So we're talking about writing and making time for it and how that happens and all the ups and downs of the writing process. And, you know, do you choose the traditional route? What are the pros and cons of that? What about the self-publishing route? Pros and cons of that. And just every dip and dive that, uh, that comes with it. But I will say I loved when my son realized that I was finally publishing my book, Ruins and Redemption. He, uh, he looked at me and he was like, wait, mama, you're, you're publishing it. And I was like, yeah, I'm publishing my book. And he's like, you're, you're an author mama. And I was like, yes, yes, I am. And like, he, he kind of walked away and then he came back an hour later. It was at dinner and we were just sitting down and he looks at me and he's like, mama, I can't believe you're a real author. (laughs) I was like, thanks kiddo. I'm glad I've impressed you. And he said it more than once. So it was like, it was one of those moments where it's sinking in. It was sinking mm-hmm. in. Yes. And then when my books arrived and he got to hold it in his hand and he saw my name on the book, that was magical. Yeah, it would be. It really yeah. would be, right? Because and he's writing his book. Ooh. hmm He's so written it. it. So he's so basically he's gonna make you and I feel inadequate. <laughs> right? It took me 40, 41. Uh, at 40, yeah, 41 years to finally publish my first book. Um, never mind the fact that I got my master's in writing and I had my BA in literature from, so, you know, oh, all those oh. degrees and yet. Okay. So I got to ask this because I, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm 42. I have oh. six of them right now. I'm 42 now too. Yeah. And I have six of those books now. Oh, congrats. That's amazing. Yeah. And I got a seventh and an an eighth and possibly a ninth on their way very soon as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I got, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a big question here. Sure. 
You got all this creden credentials. Uh-huh. All of them. Oh, okay. What stopped you? You can't I'm not gonna give you I'm not gonna give you the out of the kids. Oh no, it, it wasn't the kids actually. And I yeah. it, it started before that, which was a, a, a shocker for me. Um it, it was multifaceted, but one of the biggest things was uh, all right, it was a lot. So I'm just gonna yeah, in sure. any whatever order that these come out. The first one is as much as I loved getting my master's in writing. And how phenomenal those classes were. I love learning about writing techniques. I love implementing them. I enjoy workshops, especially when you have a workshop where people aren't telling you how to write your own story. That's great. Um, but they focus on taking a single chapter and perfecting it over and over and over again. And then you have one chapter that is phenomenal. But they never actually taught me how to write a shitty first draft and get the book done just the first time round. That was a huge holdup for me. And then also I've been a professional editor for 15 years. And so two things there. One, um, I had a hard time turning off my inner judge, which this is one of the big things that I talk a lot about with my clients now because I've been there. But it's you have to give yourself permission to turn off your inner judge and just get that shitty first draft out. Right. Mm -hmm. But I struggled with that for years because especially as an editor. Right. Like, how can I write crap if I'm an editor? Like people have certain expectations for me because of that. That's my profession. So that created an additional pressure for me. But then also as an editor by day, I spent a, a good portion working on nonfiction books as an editor like eight years. And um, so I was staring at a computer screen all day. And the last thing I wanted to do was come home and stare at a computer screen. And um, so it was it was a lot of that. And then also I met my husband who was the love of my life and like is the love of my life, not past tense. Um, and so we we enjoyed falling in love and getting married. And you know, that took precedence for a long time too. And then the kids, right? Um, but a lot of it was uh, overexposure in a sense, you know, in terms of the editing all day long and then the perfectionism and just never really realizing or never really learning how to just write that shitty first draft. And I finally did. I finally figured it out, especially working with other clients for so long. I was like, I can do this now. <laughs> so was it like the other clients that gave you that, gave you the, the, because it sounds to me like you were looking for permission for the longest time from somewhere. For Yes. I think I needed to give myself permission. It wasn't it. My clients didn't have me give didn't need to give me permission. They believed in me from the start. They'd see my writing and they're like, why aren't you finishing your book? And is the biggest holdup was learning how to write the shitty first draft. One hundred percent. And so ruins and redemption. Right. I have the book that I started when I was in college. I started that when I was in 2000, when I was at American University and I was studying literature. I started what I called my magnum umpus. And um, and then I workshopped it when I got my master's. And it just got too big and overwhelming. And I backed off from it. And then I had a dream a year ago. And I couldn't get the dream out of my head. One of the characters kept oscillating back and forth between Legolas and Geralt from The Witcher. 
was like hot okay. stuff, right? Hot stuff. And um, so I just, I love how they kept shifting back and forth between those two characters. But um, I had a dream and I couldn't let it go. And so I kept daydreaming about it over and over and over again. Who are these characters? Why did my character come from another world into this world? What is it that these characters want? Why didn't these characters trust these other characters, et cetera? And I just kept daydreaming it for like three months. And then I sat down and I finally gave myself to permission to write that shitty first draft and um, figured out the keys to that. Like even you know, where you're writing and it's like, I don't, I don't know what the hell type of dress she's wearing. And I'd insert a bracket, find a freaking dress for this girl and bracket highlight it. So I come back to it later and just keep writing. But, uh, I finally sat down to write the first draft and that was 12 weeks and 110 K, which then actually turned out to be the first two books. And then I drafted for NaNoWriMo last year, 50 K for book three. Okay. And I have four outlined. So, and I'm revising book two right now. So I draw as well. Oh, fun. And I'm, I would say I'm competent at it now. I'm not going to say I'm great, but I'm competent. Mm-hmm. So I was terrified of drawing for a very long time. And the thing was, I think, I think ultimately like what you're talking about, perfectionism is I think part of it, but there's another, gen, there's a genuine fear of sucking, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yep. So I had a wonderful thought one day. Mm-hmm. My sister bought me these sketchbooks and stuff that I hadn't touched. And this has been this is now month seven of the pandemic or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You're afraid you're going to suck. And then it's like almost some thoughts. So what if you suck? Yeah. Right? You don't... I reached that point where I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm tired of putting my dreams on hold. I'm tired of putting myself on the back burner. I don't care how this book turns out. I'm going to write the damn thing. And then uh, I freaking love it. I love my book. It makes me so happy. That's awesome. That's <laughs> I love awesome. rereading my own book. And I'm like, I love this. <laughs> no, but that that's that's the whole thing, right? Like you give yourself. So again, we're going to go back to C.S. Lewis here. Uh-huh. C.S. Lewis versus J.R.L. Tolkien. Mm. Okay, I'm both awesome writers. I am never gonna. I'm never gonna. Okay, personally, this is gonna sound a little sacrilegious, but I read the Real Time before I read Lord of the Rings. Okay, so I don't enjoy Lord of the Rings as much as some people do because I read the Wheel of Time. That's mm. my first fantasy series, right? So that that's that's the standard which I measure all fantasy series by. Mm. And Lord of the Rings came first and has all the holes in it that we of time doesn't but it's also to- like so that i'm digressing here <laughs> it's okay here, here's here, here's the point c.s lewis just wrote like he mm. wrote a lot of stuff now lord of the rings is an epic classic masterpiece that we've remembered for the edge of time but you know what so is narnia yes right and he didn't just write Narnia; he wrote *Mere Christianity*, which is also a really well-known book. Mm-hmm. And then he kept, and then he wrote like *Out of the Silent Planet*, like his science fiction little trilogy as well. Screw so, tape letters, wasn't that him? Tape letters, that, yep. that's him as well, right? Like, that, which is a which which is a hard book to read. Sometimes I will admit that's the hardest of his books to read because it's fun to be a bad guy to a point, mm-hmm. and I and there's a point when you're writing a bad guy that it's not fun anymore because it's like. 
no, this is just dark, shitty stuff he's doing, right? <laughs> right. Right, right, right. So, and you could tell, like, Lewis got there with screw tape. It wasn't right away. Like, early chapters are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the end of the book, it's just like, oh, this is a tough read. But this it's is like Lolita. Yeah. Reading Lolita is a tough read. Yeah. So, so, but here's the point I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. So, now, Tolkien typed everything out. And was pretty like worked very hard on perfections. And again, you can't argue Lord of the Rings. You can't argue The Hobbit. You can't. But I think if I had to pick between the two authors, it's Lewis. Mm-hmm. I would rather be Lewis than I'd rather be Tolkien. Not because I don't think Tolkien isn't great, but mm-hmm. because I think that Lewis let himself have more fun. I agree with that. Right, and because Lewis let himself have more fun. His work has a certain vibrancy that even Tolkien's does not. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think honestly, if I'm going to be that way, I would rather be that way. Mm-hmm. Right? If I had to choose between the two. Now I'm somewhere in my own little like unique little corner of the universe. I tell mm-hmm. terrible jokes in my writing. Some of them are actually funny. Right. So, but but that's but it's me and I'm having fun. And and I don't. I don't care about running that great masterpiece. Yeah, I'm I, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I don't even, I don't even look at it. Yeah, it's like, like I loved when I was a kid, the, the, the sci-fi pulpy size novels. If that's my whole writing career, I'm good with it. Yeah, like it doesn't need. I don't need like, like, look. I, I, I respect the hell out of Brandon Sanderson. Some of his books could also be used as lethal weapons. Like they're, 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 they're that big, right? Like, seriously, yeah. I could I could literally drop, if I drop it from a high enough height, I'd knock somebody out with one. Yes, you would. Same, but yeah, you legitimately would. Like they would go down, you'd be like, what the hell just hit me? A box, like yeah, heavy reading just for you. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. that, but, but again, and this isn't a knock because Sanderson's great at that. He's prolific. Mm-hmm. He's talented. That's what he loves to do. As a, he knows who he is as a creative, and that's something that I think a lot of people realize. Like, you don't necessarily have to try to be the next so and so. Fuck, fuck that. Be the first rate you, whatever that is. Figure out who you are and figure out who you give what what you give a shit about, mm-hmm. and you'll find an audience. Look, I mean, I would argue again, going back to Lewis and Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tolkien changed fantasy forever. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. But I think if you look at it from both a nonfiction and fiction perspective, mm-hmm. more people have read C.S. Lewis. Oh, you think? Yeah, good point. More people have. Yeah. And, and part of it is just because he has so much more material out there. Yeah, that's true. Right. Part of it. But part of it is also in the process. He's the guy. He's the baseball player that swings at every pitch. Mm. So what happens is a lot of averages. Sometimes he strikes out. Sometimes he, he hits a single. Sometimes he's double. He hits single, double, triple home run. Now mm-hmm. Tolkien, to his credit, whenever he swung, he hit those big grand slams. Mm-hmm. But he only swung four times. Mm. Maybe five. Yeah. If you want to, five. If you want to count the Silmarillion, but I don't. I don't. Oh, know. I love that book. Sorry. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. It's, it's a world building book, but I wouldn't call it a good story, right? No, I agree. It definitely is a world building book. And there are some times where it's like, can I just get to the end of this one? But it was, it was just extremely fascinating. Mm-hmm. No, it, yeah. it's it, it, it's it, like from a world building standpoint, it's mm-hmm. amazing. 
Yeah. But I, I wouldn't recommend, I don't recommend that book to anybody. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> what with that? But I wouldn't do it. Like, I wouldn't recommend it, right? There. Yeah. Somewhere. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, see? Yeah. Again. Yeah. And, and, and anyone listening, to this, I'm not denigrating J.R. Tolkien as well at all. Like, I, I'm saying he's a great writer, but if I had to choose between the two of them, I'd rather be Lewis. I get you. I have, I have Tolkien, Potter's above, and oh, Narnia. Oh, it's right off here. But it's if I, if I rotated my commute, a smidge. There they are. Yes. There's Narnia. Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, like, pe people forget this. Like, he wrote so much that in the time he had that he, he created, again, Lord of the Rings is a bigger hit than Narnia. People still love Narnia. Oh, heck yeah. I'm trying to read Narnia to my kids, though. I think I tried too early. Maybe I should try again. Narnia fit. Okay, how old are, how old did you, how old's your youngest? Five. It's a little too young for Narnia. But your yeah. eight-year-old, your eight-year-old is just at the right age. Now's a good time. If you're going to do it, do it now. Because you got the, the, the window with him is 11 years old. Mm. See, at 11 years old, you got to move up. You got you got to step up your game at that point. Gotcha. Yeah. I made the mistake of when he was six, six or seven, reading the first Percy Jackson book. And I, from Rick Riordan's uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, yeah, I, I, I made the mistake of reading that one to him. I forgot how intense that book is. Like when the Minotaur flips their car upside down and you think Percy's mom is dead and like, and my son, oh my God, I'd be reading it to him and he'd be pacing in the living room, grabbing Ooh. his hair. And he was like, mama, why are you doing this to me? I'd be like, do you want me to stop? No, I have to know what happens. But he would be so. See, 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 he, see he's a reader. And, and also, also if you give him Percy Jackson now, he'd love it. Right, like I don't know, he was very upset. No, 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 but but he'd love it now again. He's older, he's a little bit, he's got uh, right, he's a little bit older, yeah. He, like, see, it's slightly different, right? Right, so he's in the point, he, okay, so he's at the point, and we never really fully outgrow this, I admit. He's at the point that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are cool, yes, he is, right? My five year old though loves TMNT because of the video game. We got the uh, the the Turtles in Time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my five-year-old's out there, and he's just like, pew, 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 ah! like screaming so, as he's so, fighting so, so, Baxter. So, 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 so okay. So he, he got him even really, he really young. So he, he's in now. So yeah. All of which to say that, see, I, I actually want the comics I collect. I still collect the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. Really? Yeah, that's right. Kevin Eastman is still doing it. Wow. I know. Wow. Did you ever collect X Men? You know what? It was one of the ones I missed. So here's the here. Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, mm -hmm. X Men was intimidating when you go to a comic shop. Now here's here's why it was intimidating. Okay, okay. So, so you go to a comic shop. You go okay. I think the X Men are cool. I mean, we did the theme song earlier. Mm -hmm. I've never disliked the X Men. Mm -hmm. but when you go to get an X Men book, here 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 are your. This is what Marvel does. You got X Men. Then you got Uncanny X Men. Then you got Wolverine. Then you got X Force. Then you got Cable or Excalibur, Excalibur, or, yeah, or Excalibur, or so. So by the time, so you're looking at your comic shop, and there's like 20 books. 
Like, and they're all X-Men books. And I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. That's the frightening part. I'm not exaggerating. And Batman has the same problem, by the way. So um, I'm like, what, how, and like, what do I even start at? Like, it's scary. And intense. now I do have a couple X-Men runs under my belt. Um, I was a big fan a few years ago of X-Men Red. I actually wow. enjoyed the fact that they reimagined so they reimagined the Jean Grey Magneto, the uh, Xavier Magneto con uh, conflict with Jean Grey as Professor X. And um, Professor X has a sister that's a bad guy. Can't remember mm. her name off the top of my head, but those two had a had a eleven issue for eleven issues. They had a really cool back and forth, and I really loved it because it felt like an old school X Men book. I really enjoyed mm. it. Um, but but. Uh, like I never, I've never been able to sustain an X Men run, which is too bad. They have some fun books; they really, really do. Yeah. It's just there were so many of them that I, I, I just, I, 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 it, it intimidated me just a touch. I skipped the others. I was just stuck with X Men and Uncanny X Men, but I did have to get all of them during the Age of Apocalypse saga, where then you had to have every single one. But at least they were easily numbered with Age of Apocalypse, so you could follow them across all the. Yeah, so you you understand my problem, right? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, you understand my problem. So if I'm starting, I'm looking at this. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to get into? Like, they thought what it was. Like, and, and right, that like. So I was a Green Lantern guy first. Mm. Still, I'm a Green Lantern guy. Um, all, all right, and that's the thing, right? You have this, like, this really cool, like, guy that overcomes fear with a magic ring. That's a pretty badass concept, right? So yep. that's, that's that's Green Lantern in a nutshell, right? Right. Um, and that's that's a cool book, and it was just one, right? Just one book, right? Mm. So sometimes it go up to three, but for the most part, it was just one when it's one book you can follow like i i there's something to be said okay i i i get it like publishing business sense i get why there's 20 batman books i, it's I really do right i get i get it because he sells right mm -hmm. i get it as a businessman but as a creative person i i i want a good legion of superheroes book is that so much to ask or marvel you know what could you do like a really kick-ass Silver Surfer book? Like a really good ongoing regular one again? I'd, I'd like that. How about, you know, let, let, like, you know, take some, you got so many cool characters, just pick one, right? And go with it, right? So, and, and try it because you, you need, I, I there is such, I think publishing needs, like, like publishing needs a healthy influx of new stuff, even if it bombs, because that new stuff is go, something, might, A, something may click, but it's like a it's like a risk of the the reward for that one hit. Like you may have a shit ton of failure, mm -hmm. but also it reinvigorates. It keeps the pool fresh, so that you know what I'm not looking at twenty X Men books a month. Maybe I'm looking at eight. Right, eight. So like again, for me, that's still a bit excessive. But you know what? I get it. Right, it's your biggest seller. People are into the X Men. Right, that comes to two books a week. Right, at about four bucks a book, which is a lot. So it's eight bucks a week. That's eight bucks a week. Okay, fine. I remember, I remember when it was a dollar twenty-five. I, I I had some thirty. I had some fifteen cent comics once upon a time. Oh yeah. <sighs> I had I had until very recently Sinestro's first appearance from Green Lantern, like his first appearance. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. I have Gambit's first appearance. Which is cool. That's cool. Especially because yeah. he was my favorite character. And I was writing fan fiction before I knew what fan fiction was when I was in high school. <laughs> and uh, so I wrote myself into the X-Men universe where Gambit was my uncle. He was your uncle? Mm-hmm. Uncle Remy. Uncle yep. Remy? Okay. Yep. And then later on, I discovered I was also Sailor Moon's long-lost sister. So. Hey, you know what? If you're going to do crossovers, what the hell? Yeah. Why, not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? They both met with crystals. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, that's right. That's right. That right. So I mean, did, did you did you have a magical transformation? No, um, but I did eventually kind of power up. But I but when I would power up into my suit, it was an X Men suit though, not a sailor suit. Okay. Because I was originally an X like Uncle Remy, right? So yeah, yeah. So, so I was you raised take, by the X Men. You take after it, but she but she have you still have like this weird crystal amalgamation on. Okay. No, not crystal amalgamation. It turned so okay here. Do you know about the Emcron crystal in the uh, X-Men universe? I'm aware of it, vaguely. Okay, so the Emcron crystal has to do with the Phoenix saga where Jean Grey and they went to the Shi'ar Empire and her brother, Deken, Dekan, whatever his name was, uh, got the Emcron crystal, was going to destroy the universe, etc. So um, I decided that the Emcron crystal was just so powerful uh, a prophecy was that it would be the crystal made flesh and that it would be reborn as a human instead. And uh, that was me. So yes. Oh, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was the Emcron crystal. I didn't wear crystal on me. I was the embodiment you of were the, the universe. I was the crystal. And yeah, there was right. a big freak out moment of am I human or am I not? Um, but yes. And then I wasn't affected by the Age of Apocalypse time change because of being the Emcron Crystal. And so then I was stuck in the Age of Apocalypse having to try to fix time with Bishop. Uh, uh, it was a pretty freaking awesome storyline. It's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, the Emcron Crystal thing actually has some likes to it. If you you should you should you should find who to pitch that to. You should, just so why right. not? Right. Like, write me in Serena Rose LeBeau. Well, yeah, except, <laughs> except, except maybe, maybe what you do is, except maybe what you do is you don't, you take yourself out and put it, create a brand new character. Yes. And don't marry. Yeah. I, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. That honor still falls to Avengers West Coast. That's uh -huh. still, well, the time travel episode. Yeah. Right. That, 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 that's still the worst thing in comics I've ever seen. I mean, right. you know, it's, but yeah, so the, and then it turned out that like, because of Sailor Moon and the Silver Imperium crystal, um, the two crystals weren't supposed to be together. So the first time that I was reborn on the Moon Kingdom, uh, evil was coming because they wanted both crystals. And if they had both crystals, it would be at the end of the universe. And so you never, ever, ever see about Sailor Moon having a dad, Princess Serenity. Like there is no king of the moon. It's always been Queen Serenity. And so no, the, the king, he took me and we went to another galaxy um, where I was raised away from my sister, Serenity. Uh, and, uh, uh, um, and then when the moon kingdom was destroyed, I died also. And then I was reborn as Remy LeBeau's niece. And the X-Men. <laughs> okay. It's so thought out. It's crazy. And this was like a year's worth in English class where I did not want to write in a journal because I was like, there's nothing in my life interesting. So instead I wrote this world. I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to write in my English class journal. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I gotta admit that the, the, the plot twist kind of hurts my head a little bit. I mean, just a touch. But you know, you know what? For mm-hmm. as far as fan fiction goes, it's pretty good. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't crap on it too much. It's just like, yeah, some of that is just like, yeah, my brain's doing a lot of gymnastics right now. And it's like, I, I like, and, and, and if I'm trying to do, like, if I try to do the splits, bad things happen to me. So I if I, I, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but, but it was I a mean, cool progression at least. Like, well, it no, started. Just, the, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I mean, you had a really cool, so I, I, and I still think the M Crown Crisco part of that is actually money. I do think it's money, but I, I, yeah, I do. I, I think that's great. I think, I think, I, 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 I think, I think there's that, you know, that jump the shark moment. I think he did. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, again, this is how old were you when you wrote this? Oh, I was, I was what, a junior in high school. This was so, so, so 16, 15, 16, 17, 16, 17. Yeah, okay, 16, 17. So, yeah. so, I mean, 16, 17 year old did pretty good. I mean, all Thank things you. considered, all things right. considered. Yeah. But I'd be like, I would go to her. It's like, okay, this this part you should pitch to the comic. This part you should just keep to yourself, because because. Well, cause I, I mean, don't. let's face it. I I highly doubt that Marvel would work with uh, Toei or whoever has the copyright Sailor Moon for me to be able to do a crossover like that anyway. Yeah, well, well, you know, I, see, here's the thing. I think Marvel would. I think, it, it, but but uh, why not? Look, here's the thing. I, I have a very simple perspective. If there's money, mm-hmm. if, if there's an actual potential to make some decent money at it, why not? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I I could see eventually writing that story, the X-Men version of it, because, man, I freaking love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Especially right? because when Uncle Remy left, I was stuck with the Assassin's Guild instead of the Thieves Guild. And like, and so they wanted to like make me an assassin instead of a thief. And they sent me to assassinate Uncle Remy at the X-Men, but I couldn't do it. And I was so upset. And that's how I wound up staying with the X-Men. And then I was a non-mutant living with other mutants. So like dealing with that and man, not knowing I was a crystal at that point, but anyway. See, see, I, I seriously think there's some money and like a, like a, a human beings that have to clean up after the X-Men in the mansion. I think there's <laughs> money there. I think that could be a fun little series. Like, like take, take Star Trek Lower Decks and like put it in the X-Men mansion and I think you'd have gold there like common oh, no. gold. uncle remy was too protective for me to be cleaning up in the x mansion i don't know actually the perfect way to hide you see that's what i'd like that'd be the perfect way to hide you listen go be a janitor because nobody pays attention to them like that i mean this doesn't sound sexy i admit but you know right uh, right it, 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 there's a certain practicality with it uh-huh no i was a seven-year-old assassin when i showed up at the x mansion Seven years old. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, in one sense, I can give you like credit to be a forerunner because Damien and Batman's like ten, and he's an oh. assassin, right? So I mean, son of Batman can be a killer at ten years old. What? Like, really? What's three years? I mean, maybe, right? Maybe, maybe the seven-year-old's a little bit more fascinated with slinkies. That's a fifty-fifty coin toss, though. That's well, when you're the, right? by the assassins guild. You don't really have a choice in the matter. Oh, I, I don't know. See, see, hey, see. Here's the thing. If you deny, mm-hmm. if you deny someone like that ability to play, right, that would be their undoing. Like that would totally be their undoing because it's like, you know, suddenly you just back them with something they've never seen before. That natural curiosity would just, even if they have the disciplined mind, it's a child, right? Uh-huh. So at some point, actually, there's even adults. If you make it tantalizing enough, the adult is going to stop what they're doing. It's like, what the hell is this? How does it <laughs> work? Right? I've seen it. 
<laughs> I, 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 I worked at uh, Pure Later Curry. I was working in a warehouse. And mm-hmm. uh, and um, I remember she is she was in her late 50s, early 60s, something like that. I took a, I took a ball of tape and I rolled it up. And I started playing around with it like a cat. And I'd watch her eyes just start back and forth with the thing. And I'm just like, I'm looking at this. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Right? I could play with her. Like, and I actually did just a little bit just to see if it actually she would. She would. The, the spirit of play, no matter how old you are, is inside you. Mm-hmm. All you really need is an excuse for it to come out. Mm-hmm. This is why this is why old people never should be leaders because see that that they, like they they're bulletproof. They're bulletproof in the sense that they've already lived their lives, mm-hmm. right? So they can just do random shit and not worry about it. Because seriously, yeah. who's going who's, who's gonna who's gonna punish an old? See, kids they don't know better, right? But when you're 70 and you're doing stuff that you that you should know better about, like what is someone going to tell them? No, don't. Right? They're like, I've been alive for 70 years. I don't give a shit. And you're like, yeah. and you're like, I can't argue with you. Like, you, you, like, where do you go from there? Right? Right? So yeah. I, I I say that like that. So just like you know that that's why. Like, but because they have a the old, old people have an incredible spirit of play because they don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. So now they're just looking to have fun. That there's now again, depending on how they live their lives, it's mm-hmm. either it's it it's they don't give a shit no matter what, but how destructive that is. This is why old ladies shoplift. Oh, <laughs> why not? My grandmother used to take a handful of garlic cloves because they were too expensive, apparently, in 1950. And so she would she would take a handful and just pocket it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just picture my grandmother handfuls of garlic in her pocket. I used to work at a grocery store. Number one crime was from old ladies over 65. I'm not even joking. Like they, they, wow. just, I'm not even joking because again, what do you do with them? They're looking for something to do. They're bored. So they're looking for things to have fun doing. And what are you going to do to an old lady? Like, seriously, like, what are you going to do? Here's my garlic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Are, are you going to threaten an old lady not to come back in here anymore? And, no. our, 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 and here's the other thing. Getting mad at one of them is equally as obnoxious. <laughs> right? So there's an episode of Bluey that I freaking love. And it's... uh where the three girls pretend to be grannies and um, one of them is cranky granny and she just starts like screaming and yelling and like hitting people with her purse. And I'm sorry. It's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Grannies. I love. Oh God. I love Bluey. I'm, I'm frightened to look and see this. is why I don't watch television anymore. I'm frightened <laughs> some of this stuff now. But, but it's so true. Like, 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 honestly, when, when, like I I'm 42 uh-huh. I might be a super villain by the time I'm 50. Oh. Why, why not? Okay. So, so, okay. You know your path. Well, yeah. No, I, I know I know, I know, where it's going to go because, because let's be honest, okay? So probably the most like, comic book wise, the most useless thing in the world is Spawn's red cape. Oh, okay. It's obnoxious. Have you, I mean, have you looked at it? It's, it is legitimately the most obnoxious costume i've ever part of his costume no capes a la edna edna mole no 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 i'm, I'm gonna no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have a cape 
Capes fine. No, no capes, according to Edna. No capes. She's uh, uh, incredible. Uh, uh, that's my super villain cartoon, not Edna's. Okay, good. So here's the deal. Obnoxious spawn-like red cape. Uh-huh. And I hire a minion to carry it. Oh, right. Okay. So they put it down, so they put it down when I want to look cool. Because that's the thing. It does look cool. That's the one advantage it does have. It right? does. But then you get caught in a jet like syndrome or Oh, you're something, right? It can go bad, but if you have a minion carrying it for you, okay, hanging them well. Now, are we talking despicable me minions or normal minions? Normal, no, normal minions. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, despicable me minions. Eh. <laughs> no, normal, no, 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 normal people. Like, like, because like, seriously, if you're a normal mm -hmm. person, here's your job. This obnoxiously rich asshole is paying me stupid piles of money to lift this red cape. So he doesn't trip. I'm sorry, but that doesn't sound fun. I don't want to go around even for millions of dollars just carrying your cape. But I'm sure there's somebody out there who would appreciate it. No, no, so you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't yeah. do it. But, You'd but, find but, the right minion. You find the right minion. They get exposure. Yeah. They get exposure. They get that like in there. The only thing I will not do is talk about myself in the third person. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't go, I won't go that far. So I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Um, MCU? Yay? Nay? Movies? Yeah. Right now, nay. Okay, why? I'm tired of them. Oh. And I, 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 and I, I say it like this. Like, I, I enjoyed everything up to Avengers Endgame. I thought it was a really, really good send-off. Mm -hmm. And I, I've seen a couple since. I've actually started seeing them again. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man looks fun. Guardians 3, I really enjoyed. I haven't uh, seen Guardians 3 yet. Don't spoil it for I me. I don't know it. why. I won't. But the thing is, what I've noticed with a lot of the ones post-Infinity, post like Endgame, mm -hmm. they don't have the tension substance the, the other movies earlier did. Do you want to know what pisses me off to no end, where I could get onto my soapbox? Go ahead. What the fuck they did to Scarlet Witch? And what they did with her character at the end of Doctor Strange I pisses me of, off. I haven't seen the end of Doctor Strange, but I've seen. I've seen. I, that's it's okay. I, I you can spoil it for me. I don't care. Um, I, just in general, like especially when Wanda had her own show, it was extremely fascinating to finally be able to see the trauma that these heroes have gone through the losses that they've had to endure um the fact that she realizes that she had trapped these people in her dome of whatever she gave up her children and vision yet again to try to do the right thing but then they entered in doctor strange in that movie and now all of a sudden they have to give that shitty ass line of i'm not a monster I'm a mother. Like, what? No, I'm sorry, but moms are not like, like, no. Oh. It's not, that doesn't give you carte blanche permission to do the things that she was doing. And I just, I can't stand it where it's like, no, motherhood is what gave her per the permission to go psycho and villain. Well, okay. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm weird on this one because comic book, comic book wise, comic book uh -huh. wise, Something similar like this happened in the comics. Not not quite the same thing, but similar. She I mean, I know about the dark hold. No, no, but let me let me let me let me go. Let, let me go, and we, we can come back to you because I, I 
I get, I, I, I get, I get kind of where you're coming from, but here, okay. So just purely, we're going to try to rationalize this a little bit, not completely, <laughs> but a little bit. Uh-huh. So Wanda is stupid powerful, like uh-huh. stupid powerful, yes. right? Um, very few, there are, there are a handful of characters that can keep her in check. Okay. Mm-hmm. She alters reality, like crazy strong power, right? Uh-huh. Crazy strong power. And it did, and she could do nothing to stop the vision dying. Mm-hmm. She disappeared for like five years, mm-hmm. right? She comes back. Everything's the same. Everything's not the same. People that she respected are dead. Mm-hmm. She goes off and, and, and comes up with this family to grieve, partly to grieve because Vision's mm-hmm. legitimately dead. Right. Right. So that this, that's what this is about. So she's grieving. And in that grief, she, she, she creates a family. Like, like the, the progression is she creates another life for herself, essentially. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this was not really her fault. Not, not, not intentionally her fault anyway Mm -hmm. she accidentally traps people in this little dome of whatever okay Mm -hmm. so she does the right thing again now she lets go of everything Mm -hmm. unless these people go because it's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. she's utterly alone with this crazy power and she literally lost vision twice Mm -hmm. now she's got kids she's mourning yep on top of that yep and she still hasn't really dealt with the losses she suffered during. What, and now, here's the even add to that little Mister, add to that twist. She's kind of lost because she's altered reality so much. What is real to Wanda? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, on like a legitimate, honest question could be asked there. For her, her sense of reality was had to have been warped. Okay, I get that. So but I would have, I just, I wanted, I wanted to see her come through. No, no. And, and, and the thing is, and mm-hmm. the thing is in a weird way, that door hasn't fully closed, right? There is a way for her to come through in a weird way. Because again, what is real with the Scarlet Witch? You have an auto out there if you want it. So you take it. It's not like you take it, but you have it, right? So I've been praying that maybe we'll get her back. Somehow, some way, but Marvel confirmed that she's gone, and she exited in Doctor Strange. And and, and you know what? That also could be that again. Sometimes it's actresses and their contracts, and so. And listen, she may not want to work for Disney anymore, and that's fair. In all fairness, that that that's fair. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's I can't that part of it. That's that's another. Can of yep. worms we're not talking about here. Right. Um, but but again, if we're talking about strictly from the point of view of how this could happen, there's mm-hmm. a pathway they definitely painted there. There is a pathway. I'm not saying that the pathway didn't exist. It was just it felt like by the time she got to Doctor Strange, she became a two-dimensional character that was sure. like, nope, I'm just crazy and this is it, and I'm a mom and it's okay. But 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 again, like she but again, so complicated, multifaceted before that, and she just oh, felt sure. very. But you can make that argument. You, you, okay, so for me, Thor, the last Thor movie was very similar. Okay, mm-hmm. now I love the idea of Jane Foster's Thor. It's a neat concept. Yes. 
the comic was a great by the way the comic was really great and and the cancer thing was in the comic too yep. but i thought both the comic and the movie missed on something really 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 potent here they should have established the price of her power sooner than they did mm. because what it would have done is it would have done something in thor that did not exist until the very end of the movie which was the tension it was it, there was no tension in that movie ever i didn't think that dark falcon was going to be a threat right, right. That, 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 it wasn't a threat at all i didn't think so right. i didn't really think so now, what if you mentioned the fact that, okay, he you establish that together they can beat this guy. He, that's fine. That The audience expects that. Mm -hmm. So here's what you do. But every time that happens, now you see her back in her human form, vulnerable, frail, dying. That's interesting for both Thor and Jane. Mm -hmm. That's a much more interesting story you could have told, right? And I wish we had now, more of that too. I agree. Well, yeah, yeah, because that see at that point you create real tension, mm -hmm. right? Is Jane going to sacrifice herself for this? Is it worth it for her to sacrifice herself for this? You can ask mm -hmm. some real potent. And here's the other thing: when she's her version of Thor, she doesn't feel any of that stuff. That pain mm -hmm. is gone. That's, I mean, wouldn't you want to have, there's some, like, there's some amazing little things that you could have taken the time to really talk about. Mm -hmm. And it would have been a great story, a better story than what was told. And this has been Marvel since Endgame. They do not, they have been afraid to put the tension, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, is an exception. It it completes the story started in one and two. And it feels like there's a genuine story, a bit of a genuine risk. Not so much, I'm gonna not gonna lie, the conflict doesn't really feel like a risk. But the story you get is incredibly touching. It mm. right, it's something there are stakes, you care what happens to the characters, there are things you genuinely wonder about, and it's a decent if they never do another Guardians movie again, it's a good way to end it. Like, mm -hmm. I, like that's that's all I'm gonna say. It does all those things well. Now that now there are people that complain about some things in there, and that's fine. But that, at least it's uncomfortable. At least it has tension. Yes, there's some shocking moments. There's some sad moments, but it's true to the story they're telling. Mm. And Guardians is the only movie I can think of that's doing that right now. Spider-Man so, 3. Eh, to a point. That really? kind of was a, I was so to, devastated with Spider-Man 3. Yeah, but 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 they were but that was also a beginning because they've established this whole multiversal kind of thing. Hmm. Right. So Spider-Man is the one with the most potential going forward. But if you look at but if you look at, at the rest of them, like just just honest to God, the rest of them. There's no stakes. There's no tension. There's no growth. I don't mind having fun. If I, I like Thor, Thor was supposed to be a fun movie, and it does mm -hmm. succeed as a fun movie. Mm -hmm. But you're when I look at all of the Marvel stuff right now, and it's also partially too. There's been so many Marvel movies. This is the yes. other. This is the, this is the other thing too. There's been so many Marvel movies 
that the formula is kind of in everybody's head. Mm. They need to kind of sit down and kind of reinvent, reinvent the wheel a little bit because, because they've hit a point where people kind of expect what's going to happen. Now I haven't seen all of them either. I haven't seen the third Ant-Man movie. I haven't seen some of the other, other, other ones. And I'm not sure I'm going to, Mm because I don't feel like I'm missing anything at this point in time. Interesting. Yeah. Because again, that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I like a good superhero story, but I also, the thing, the thing of the, this is the, also the after effect of Avengers and like Endgame. that took 20 movies to set up. Mm-hmm. And I was along for the ride the whole way. And it was fun. And the ending was awesome. Like the yes. ending was so worth the journey. But then I sat there and thought about this. Okay. I put 60 hours of my life into that movie. Yes. <laughs> That's a lot of time for a story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I want to do that again. So hmm. I don't think they're wrong kind of letting everybody kind of develop on its own. What I wish they did was at at some of the tension and stakes that were in like the first ones. But also just, you know, if you're going to do that, right? If you're going to want me invest in some kind of bigger story at some point down the road, then it has to then you're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to okay i mean ant-man has some of the same beats like like they all have certain similar beats in all of these movies about how the heroes come together and fight yep i and i get it, it's a superhero movie it's part of the tropes to some degree mm-hmm. but I, I i want something i need something a little so right now invincible from Amazon excites me more than anything. And mm. Robert Kirkman's Invincible is a really good yeah, series. Okay. Yeah. That excites me a lot more than anything Marvel's doing right now. Mm. Um, I've been watching know, every single one of their TV shows, including I, Mandalorian, Ahsoka. So also that's the Star Wars show. Oh, so, so, so and that's the other thing too. Like I, like again, for me, I don't mm-hmm. usually have, like creatively, I don't have the time. Like I would rather do a video game than, than, than a television show. Right at this point, or if I'm doing a television show, one with a start and finish, like a fin- I like a very finite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is also from the guy that's watching Fairy Tale right now, so I don't know how really how how true that that is. But mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I'm not investing in stories I don't feel a real connection to, mm-hmm. and I haven't felt a real connection to the MCU in a while. And I don't at this point in the ball game, I don't miss it. Okay. And that's in part because again, too much. I think there's just a little too much of it. That's one. So the really good ones, I would say Spider-Man, Guardians are the mm-hmm. really two really good ones of the of the post thing. Mm-hmm. You have good ones, you have okay ones. Doctor Strange, in spite of whatever you may think of the oh, what happened to the Scarlet Witch, is not a terrible second movie. Come on, you gotta admit the way the way she, the way the way she killed everybody was really interesting. Like they actually did some really good stuff in there. Okay, all right. Mm, I, I, yeah. I, I know you care about. I know, but also I'm also coming from this. I've stayed away from all the television. Like I don't watch WandaVision. I don't watch. So for me, I don't have the same investment on the character you do, and that's neither that's neither a good or a bad thing. It's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. So. I can look at the movie in its own context and go, okay, it's okay. But again, am I rushing to see another Doctor Strange? No. 
Yeah, I hear you on that one. Right, and that, and that's and that's kind of and that's kind of where I am with the MCU is, I'm in no rush to see any. Like there was a time when the MCU movies came out, everybody would be excited to see them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't get that excitement is like part of it is because it's been around forever too. Like it's mm-hmm. been around for a long time, but part of it is they have, again, the one thing they've dropped the ball creatively on is I don't have, I knew the stakes Thanos. I knew what Thanos was going to do to them. And I was looking forward to that inevitable confrontation where Thanos hands them their ass. That was coming from the moment you saw him in Avengers. You knew uh-huh. it was coming. Yeah. Right. And the journey to get there, they they teased us in a lot of ways, but they, they, they built it and they built it and they built it and they built it. And all the while they let all these characters grow, develop and change. Right. And there's some great, like the original Black Panther movie is amazing. The Thor Ragnarok was a great, great, like, yes. but, right. The first Spider-Man movie was solid. Iron Man yeah. one was amazing. Iron Man two is okay. Three, I, I like three over two. That's just me, right? I agree, right? actually. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I prefer three to two. Um, right. I, I like Captain America. Like the like both those first two movies are incredible. Civil War. Civil War. And- I loved Civil War. So, okay. Civil War secretly an Avengers movie. It was better than Avengers two. It was. It was totally Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I but the first two Captain America movies are. Phenomenal. I actually think Captain America, both with the Winter Soldier, is the best thing Marvel's ever done. That's really okay. cool. You're right. Secret Invasion. I know you said you didn't watch any of the TV shows, but Nick Fury's Secret Invasion series was amazing. And I'm excited for the movie that's going to result from that. Well, at least do scrolls. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I have an idea what to expect there. But again, I'm at the moment. I don't, I'm not, I'm not excited. I get it. I only get one show a week. And so a lot of the times it's just been lining up where it's been. No, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. Let's let let So, I mean, super, okay. The superhero stuff I'm watching right now Mm -hmm. is Invincible, the cartoon, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. It imagine it's, it's, it's everything you love about superheroes, but very fresh take on it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the boys, I, I, so the boys is dark, dark shit, but it's yes, also it very, the show is better than the comic. I will, mm. I have openly said this. It, the show is better than the comic. It's a fantastic show. Um, Harley Quinn for the DC universe. It's just genuinely fun. Genuinely is that Birds fun. Of Prey? What? No, Birds of no. So Harley Quinn has an HBO cartoon. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. It's it's hilariously funny. Mm. It is it's funny, but it's it's poignant. It's Harley's kind of redemption story arc kind of deal to to, to some degree. Oh, interesting. Um, she's a very fascinating my, character. She is. She's she. Okay, they they keep her true to who she is, but what makes this really interesting is how it humanizes the DCU in a way you never imagined. Mm. And my favorite two characters, ironically, in that in there are Joker and Bane. Oh, interesting. Joker is the is 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 the classic villain in season one, but season two and three, he's far and away so interesting. Uh, mm. um, Mark Hamill again? No. Oh, interesting. No, but it's really good. And, and okay, you'll laugh at the jokes. 
but Bane for comedic purposes, Bane's my favorite. <laughs> they kept they kept the Tom Hardy voice in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 he's the one guy. He's literally the one guy that can kick Batman's ass, but everybody makes fun of him, and it's oh. it, it's gold. It's just it's funny. It is legitimately. He actually talks in the voice. He, like you heard from the original Batman, like they kept that, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's funny!" So, so and then that's Harley Quinn. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. Cool. So that one is that one. It, it, it's DC Universe. You you remember, but it's different. It's humorous. It's funny. It is such an interest, and all the characters have such interesting takes on them. Mm. Poison Ivy is one. Is one. I'm not spoiling anything. Poison Ivy is one of the coolest characters in the in the series. Oh wow. Um, Kite Man of all people, Kite Man is so interesting right? and actually fun. Um, I love the take on Super Superman in there. Right? Okay, just, so now I'm curious, what genre do you write for with your books? Uh, YA, science okay. fiction, and fantasy. Okay. Also, gosh darn it, <sighs> I'm sick. It is dawning on me. I'm not cutting our conversation off, but I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, yep, my son, he passed his cold to me. So would you like to, would you like a real quick way to attack your cold? Yes. Fire drugs. So what are you feeling? So what are you feeling? What are your symptoms right now? Um, My throat has gotten progressively scratchier, no matter how much water I drink. And I talk regularly, so that's not an issue for me. Um, And now my nose is running. Okay. It literally just started running two set like a minute ago. So, so we're, we're going to do something very old school here. And this is the right. Here's here's mm-hmm. here's what you're going to do. Okay. Do you have Do you have peppermint? No. You should. But you're right. It clears up. And not only does it clear up the sinuses. So, so there's a couple ways to attack your throat. There's a couple uh-huh. ways. So one way to do it is you've got a lemon at home. You got lemon. Or an or, or citrusy thing. You take uh-huh. the citrus, put it in water, drink. Another way you could do it: take vitamin C, take like mm-hmm. straight up vitamin C pill, suck on it. The digestive system oh. starts at the tongue, so you actually can actually break it down a little bit now. Now, obviously, you're not going to do that while we're talking, but when this no. is over, but but you're right when this is over. Suck if you have if you have a citrus like a citrus like fruit. Like yeah. lemon water, like lemon water. Make a hot tea, lemon water, mm-hmm. put some lemon in it. That's that's a good way of doing it. Lemon honey, oh. like old school, old school stuff, right? Don't yeah. don't right. If you got peppermint, heck, it, if you do it right, if you smell the peppermint, sometimes it can pull it, pull the sinus thing out. Really? Sometimes. Oh, you that's take, like, pepper, If you take peppermint essential oil and you got a sinus infection and you put it yeah. under the under the nose, sometimes yeah. it'll pull the infection right out of you. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's just like, gosh darn it. I'm sitting here and I'm like, we're having a great conversation. And you know, my kid has been coughing in my face for the last week. And I'm like, that's it. That's like the stamp or the gavel just came down. You are sitting down, mom. I'm like, great. This, this is going to be great. This is supposed to be yeah, my so, week where I'm finally going to relax. Well, let's <laughs> like see, let's see if, you do, if, if you do it, if you do the stuff I'm telling you now, <gasps> right, you can still relax. You might need a rest day tomorrow, but you, uh-huh. but you, can, re- but, but you can relax. I'll have to run out tomorrow to go get a vitamin C yeah. tablet pill thing. Yeah. Well, if you or if you got like again, you got something citrusy like a lemon, like make yourself some hot teas, drink some fluids yeah. that way, clear it out. Keep I'm it definitely simple. Get tea. Right? God darn it. Like and if you want on. if you want if you want you want to give yourself a self a little bit of extra self-care, if you want to give yourself like a hot bath, 
Put a little bit, mm. put a little white vinegar in the hot bath. Oh, yeah, Eat it really, I guess hot. Yeah, little things you yeah. can do. Cool. But anyway, I'm not. I, I, I'm like I said, we have gone for nearly two hours. We have. I yeah. like. That's why I was like, I love the premise of your show, as I told you, because I like I love geeking out. I can go anywhere from. Yeah. Oh, and I was asking you about your genres. So my genre is fantasy. And it's just we were having such a great conversation about superheroes and whatnot. That's where I was like. Yeah, so I, I'm a big comic book guy. I've been reading since I was eight years old. And mm -hmm. so I know, like, I, so I'm the guy, like, I can literally read a comic now. Like, some of them cannot surprise me anymore. Green Lantern is is not a surprise very much to me anymore because there's really mm -hmm. only, I've seen practically any way you can go with it. Now, yeah. it's my lifelong thing. So it's like, that's my, like, little, like, but that's the thing. I've done this for a little so long. baby. Yep. That's right. We all have it. That's mm -hmm. mine. So I've hit that point. So since I've hit that point, right, I can look at something honestly and constructively and go, okay, for me, I want good stories that I can digest relatively easily. Mm. I don't want crossovers. I don't, I, crossovers are great in theory, but truth of the matter is, unless it's once in a while, once in a while, they're awesome. Keep it. Age of Apocalypse. Very cool crossover. Yeah. Now, then that one's your baby of choice, right? So, right. I mean, I, I right, right. I love the alternative universe. Nate Gray, X Man. He's one. He's my mm. favorite from that. But, um, but all of which to say, all of which to say, right? That's what I want. So when I go to a comic shop, I don't want anything. That's why I don't want to touch X Men or Batman or mm. anything like that because there's too much of that, right? I, I hear you. I don't want that. I want. I feel overwhelmed with a, it now. Yeah, well, I want a good story. Like the best comics right now I'm reading are Once Upon a Time at the End of the World Saga. I they're they're, they're not superhero books. Like they right they're, they're like mm -hmm. they're just the fun ones. Once Upon mm -hmm. a Time Saga. Uh, I'm enjoying No One right now. No slash mm -hmm. One. Uh, right now I'm also reading Gargoyles and Darkwing Duck and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I, I am still Right now, oh yeah, there's some there's some great shit right now. And like, of course, Darkwing Duck, yes. But like, oh god, I love Dar gargoyles. I well, wanted to leave the Mazda and Goliath to get yeah, together yeah. so badly. They, they, they do, and yeah, they comics. Do. They, they, oh, they and do, the comics so. actually get to see it. Yeah. Oh my god, I would have twenty. Yeah, and in the cartoon, they do too. They, they do, do in at the, the very end. She finally kisses him. The very yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but all of which is all of which to say, um, right. I have nostalgia, some nostalgia stuff, but mm -hmm. they're all by and large one and dones. I'm not mm. trying to like, I'm not trying to really like, you know, really go beyond. Now, sometimes like I'll read two comics a month about a universe. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is my worst one because there's a lot of usually because there's turtles go damn they go good with everything i mean they literally go good with everything there's a teenage mutant ninja turtle stranger things crossover right now there's a teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> batman now see now the exception to the batman thing they did a batman tm and teenage mutant ninja turtles crossover oh that that ruled that genuinely ruled that was so good um and they did three of them and they were like so fonda lee Fonda Lee of author Fonda Lee. She's mm -hmm. a big martial arts fan. And we've taught and, and, and 
I'm the one that actually pointed out to her that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman was a crossover. She's like, wait, they they did a crossover, and I just gave I just gave her the Amazon link and left. She's like, I enabled I enabled Fonda Lee on that. That, that, that that's my story with her. That's it's a fun one, but um, that's the thing, right? Like, there's like it goes good with everything. So that one's one where I kind of goes a little haywire every so often. For the most part, it's one or two books. And then for the rest of it, like, I'm reading these individually really good stories. Good. And I'm actually the best. I will I will say this. The one, since you like fantasy, since you probably like reading fantasy too, Coda is a comic from Boom Studios. I've heard of Coda. It's good. It's a bet. So the first volume, uh-huh. it's about a scribe. It's about a scribe. And it, it's really, it, it's, a, it's a relationship book, ultimately. But it's oh, a sweet. Good one. Because no, one's but, romanticy, so you know that I'm going to like romanticies, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that, so you'll like that one or Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. Oh, okay. It's a, the Once Upon a Time at the End of the World is a love story. So we went, in, so the first, the first five issues of Once Upon a Time are the best things I've read this year. The I'm second five is... The second five are kind of psychedelic ones. They're definitely not for kids. Um, but yeah, I, I, upon a time at, at the end, at the end of the world, at the end of the oh yeah, there we go, volume one. Yep, that, and, that, and that's a really good one. Like Ooh, that cool. book, that book's phenomenal. I'm adding it to my favorite list right now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not passing this up you're telling me these things and i'm like i want to view so your there, there's that and then the, and the other one's coda you'll like that coda. With a k or a c c c o d a same company coda graphic novel i was like i know i've heard of that i don't remember why simon spurrier's the writer very good stuff coda volume one yeah okay that's what you i was want. super excited when i got to watch um the sequel to inuyasha Hime, Himeyasha or whatever it was called. Oh, really cool. I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. I loved being able to see uh, Kagome and Inuyasha's daughter's story. That was really cool. Nice. Um, so my my happy place. Um, there we go. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> I, just, I, I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to forget that. I'm putting it in there now. Yeah, I, I, should, I should pitch my stuff right while we're while, while, since you're sitting in the favorites like mood. So I did an epic poem tree about Alice in Wonderland, and I matched her up with Greek mythology. I made her Pandora. Oh, that's really cool. What's that one? Alice Zero. Just look at my name. Zero. Just look at my name. You'll find it. You want to know my uh, premise for my book? Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to come to the end. We're going to we're coming to the end of this conversation. So we're going to I'm going to, we're going to pitch everything here. Right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, add it to my list. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I just figured you might like it. It's epic poetry, but it's, it's Alice opening Pandora's box. I figured you might enjoy that. Yes. That's really cool. Also, cool yeah. graphics. Yes. Kenzie Katz, ladies and gentlemen, or formerly Kenzie Carr. She's amazing. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. So, how do you want to wrap it up? What's your deal? So, what do you, what would you like to promote? Oh my goodness. I'm going back to that now. Right. So here's the thing, right? Like you're always told just, just one, what do you want to promote? Like no more because then it overwhelms people and it's like, but I'm a writer and an editor. No, 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 no. no, You can do so. So here's the thing. You're saying two? I I can say you can do two, but here's how I'm going to make, we're going to play a little game about this. Okay. Okay. The most important thing is last. 
Okay. 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 The other one can be whatever you want, but okay. the most important one's last. Okay. All right. You ready? All right. Yes. So I would say anybody who is interested in writing to open up their podcast app and search for Parents Who Write and come find me and hang out with me as I with other parents who write. And obviously, you don't have to be a parent if you you know we talk about writing primarily. Yes, we do uh, talk about our kids at times, but uh, the show oscillates between me chatting with other writers and also me giving some uh, editing tips that I have picked up over the 15 years that I have been doing this thing, which I do genuinely love. So I'm glad to share my enthusiasm there. Does so it have a web page? It does. Parentsyright.com. <laughs> All right. So like, so like this? Hold on a second here. Yeah. Parentsyright.com. Okay. That's right. it. And so what's the other thing? The other one is my book. If you're interested in a fantasy with a blend, or if you're interested in a blend of fantasy, adventure, and romance, then my book, Ruins and Redemption, is out. Book two, I am aiming for a end of January, early February release. 2024, not 25 or 26, but 2024. And it's about an anthropologist who unintentionally travels to another world and has to use her skills to bridge the cultural gap between elves and humans. She's secretly an Emkron crystal. No, she is not secretly an Emkron crystal. Okay. 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 Is <laughs> there, there is, is there a is... hidden destiny, a hidden path in there as well? My cool. The fun, so where... the fun fantasy tropes. So, so is there a site or a place where it's for sale? Yeah, you can get it on where all books are sold. Do but you have a webpage? I do. It's erinptcanning.com. So how is this? So the way we end this, so the way we'll end this wonderful little conversation here is, so if anybody wants to check out her works and get to know Erin a little bit better, check out Runes and Redemption or check out her podcast, Parents Who Write, check out her website at erinptcanning.com. How'd I do? That was amazing. Thank you so much. No worries. It was a super fun conversation. Well, thank you. I, I try. I try. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this episode. Just joshing. I do have another one later on in the week. I have been in deadline hell, so I'm hoping next week to get back to some kind of normalcy for the podcast again. But we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I might get more work and be bombarded some more. I always knew like after 1,000 until I hit the road, this would be a little bit more irregular. But I still somehow ended up doing 20. I'm at 1,020 right now so i guess what why what the fuck do i know but for everybody watching anybody listening thank you for watching thank you for listening stay inspired keep shining in the dark and i'll see you guys next time thank you healing hands airs every monday on channel healing hands yyc hosted by chenille bostic healing hands is a massage therapy education show in which chenille shows you exactly some massage techniques how to heal and the basics of getting started check it out every monday at healing hands yyc click on the link below to subscribe josh josh